What's up? It's Andrea. Today, we rewrite the cold open to be more bum 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 worthy. We determine how many degrees of separation there are between Captain Picard and Indiana Jones, and we ask the question, how perfect is Vosh for our buttoned-up captain? Stay tuned. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're talking Season 3, Episode 19, Captain's Holiday. It's such a fun episode, Sharice. I know you're super excited about this one. I love this one. Okay. We've been talking about this in season one. I really have been. Yeah. All right. This episode was written by Ira Stephen Bear and directed by Chip Chalmers, which that's a name Mm -hmm. (laughs) that exists. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So really, really short plot. Picard takes a much needed vacation on Ryza, but unwelcome events keep interfering with his rest. This is our first introduction to Risa and Risa. I thought when I saw, I was like, wait a minute, have we never heard of Risa? We have never heard of Risa. It was all like, let me tell you about this great place named Risa. I was like, wait a minute. This this doesn't get introduced till like the end of season three. Yes. And Risa is a planet whose storylines continue in like forever space nine it, yeah every, i mean like but this is like the nexus right here and i am so here for it i want to go to rise up um i have a little bit of trivia about this episode this story the storyline for this episode ultimately grew out of patrick stewart's desire for more quote sex and shooting for picard so he was like why doesn't the captain ever get to have like his own fun thing so i'm going to quote from star trek the next generation companion second edition ira stephen bear who wrote this episode recollected quote patrick kept saying that the trouble with the show is there's not enough effing and effing fighting and fornicating (laughs) that's like and he's not wrong he's not well i feel like like the women got tons of fornication but it wasn't very sexy and right none of them wanted it no or and then they, Riker. Or if they wanted it, they weren't sure that they wanted it. So, yeah, no, but Picard was like, why doesn't the captain? The captain takes up a lot of screen time, but nothing you know, because it's not interesting TOS. happens to him. That's why it's not TOS. TOS yeah. was all about the captain sleeping with every single alien female that they come across yep. in the galaxy. And this is something different. This is a totally different kind of captain. Yes. Well, he got his way. Um, we cold open on a resort with many mostly naked, beautiful people running around. And these two really crazy looking aliens that we've never seen before transport into the resort, kind of like last week's episode with like different transporter technologies. So they mm-hmm. sort of like zoom they in. Have like a, they have like a swirl, like a light swirl or yes, something. It's yes. Very cool. It's like a laser like heat show. waves. Yes. It's very cool. Um, and they access this main computer interface, which informs them that they are on a pleasure planet called Risa. And they requ- they inquire about the lodging location of Captain Picard, but there's no record of Picard being on Risa. So the aliens are like, okay, well, when is he scheduled to get here? And the computer's like, they have no record of, there's no reservation mm-hmm. under that name or anything. And Which, by like, the way, is a little creepy mm-hmm. that anybody can just get this information. I do that's not what like I the thought. free flow of information in the that's future. That's what it's I thought. Too, I was like, I mean, where's HIPAA again? Yeah. <laughs> HIPAA. <laughs> it's just too easy to assassinate somebody. In mm-hmm. this future, because it's like you could just go to the hotel and be like, "Hey, what room is Sheree in?" And they'll mm-hmm. be like, "Room three A. Here's a key." Yeah, like what the heck? And so, follow the lit panels to, to show you the way. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, dude, like, shouldn't this reservation be confidential? Or you need to prove? I don't know something, but yeah, that I found super creepy. That was one of those future creepy things of like, yes. you you guys have way too much access to information. future creepy is a thing. Yes, yes. So these aliens are like, he will come. And then they touch their ear and they both disappear. And it's like, oh, okay. And you're like, okay, their transporters are in their heads. Yes. I know. It's like telepathic teleportation. It was really cool. It was. And these, the makeup on these Vorgon aliens, like later we find out they're called Vorgons. Yes. This alien makeup again is so, so dope. Just like last week's alien makeup was like, had me drooling. Mm -hmm. Just It was so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. If you have not seen last week's episode, just watch it for the beautiful alien makeup. You don't even need the plot. Like, who cares? Just <laughs> pause the first few minutes and just admire the artistry. Again, we have some dope looking aliens in these Vorgons. They've got like their brains kind of exposed, but it yes. kind of looks like. It looks like fabric is like they have this like 
more like a neural net or something. Like, like it looks like a holographic-y kind of a fabric that yeah. is like part of their skull and or heads. And I was like, whoa, that is really cool. I didn't know if that was supposed to symbolize like their brains, but I think it was the same color kind of fabric that they had on their uniform. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you have just these like patches just cool. that are like integrated into your skull. It was super, super cool. But they disappear and, and we're they like, had this also, okay, last thing. <laughs> they also had these it. like blue stripes that were kind of going down their eyes and then back along their head ridges. And it was just like, it was just really beautifully done, like very like symmetrical and just a really unique alien look. And I really appreciate how the alien look is not like the Ferengi, right? They don't have giant ears and like a big butt head or something. Yes. It's just like exaggerated features of like kind of like a slightly larger chin yes. and a slightly bigger head. It's like it's subtle and it's big and it makes it different enough to where you're like, wow, an, an actor can wear this costume and mm-hmm. still move their face, blink their eyes and talk, but also look totally, totally foreign. So a plus plus again on the makeup. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you can't quite remember what this looks like, or you need a little refresher, uh, check us out on Instagram at the TNG podcast. Um, I've got a picture up of that alien look just because it's so unique and we'd never see anything quite like that again. And I, Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so we pop over to the enterprise and Picard has been away for two weeks, negotiating a very difficult treaty with counselor Troy, um, and you know, between these groups of people and Picard comes to the bridge and orders Ensign Bennett, who we've never seen before to set course for Starbase 12. And he seems like wiped out. He's exhausted. He's not super jovial. He's not the Picard from last week who was singing about the Jolly Jack Tars. Who was singing at- drinking songs and 10 forward. <laughs> Navy, <laughs> naval drinking songs. Yeah. Um, and this is something that really caught me. I was like, what? Troy is like, don't you see what's happening? Our captain needs a vacation. And then it ends with like a bump, bump, bum, And then it goes to credits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me remind you that in last week's episode, we got a bump, bump, bum when Captain Picard has kidnapped and replaced with a <laughs> doppelganger. That is a bump, bump, bum moment. Saying the captain needs a vacation. That's maybe not where you bump, bump, bum and end it. Like that just seemed <laughs> unnecessary. I was like, you're only trying to find drama where there isn't drama. <laughs> you know, that just she'd be like, the captain needs a vacation. Everybody be like, yeah, he does. And that would be it. Why do we need to cut to credits there? That's- they had to cut the credits somewhere. So there's just that, as good as they should have been that should they should have cut to credits when the Vorgons are like, he will come and then disappear. That like, would have been actually that cool. makes way more what sense. What they should have done, right? Now that I think about it, is start with the whole he's wiped out, he's tired, and he storms off the bridge. And then say, you know what? He needs a vacation. I've got a great place you know, with a planet called Risa. And then switch to the Vorgon on the Risa waiting for him. Let's just get the re-edit cracking right now, Sharice. Let's just get that rolling because that's absolutely what needs to happen. He needs then to we be cranky. Been like, oh no, like he can't go to Risa. There's scary people waiting for him. That's how we would have felt, right? Thank you. This just did not seem on the same level as a kidnapping and a replace with a <laughs> doppelganger. I'm just, I'm just, I just need to throw that out there. Yeah, they need the like overworked Picard and then the aliens on Risa, and then the bump, bump, bump. You guys, how did you, that's a fuck up. I'm going to call that a fuck up. Yeah, (laughs) that's probably, that probably was what they originally intended. I'm just going to give them that because the writers have been doing such a great job for season three. I'm just going to say that that was some post-production goof up, but they meant to do it in a really much more dramatic way. You're much nicer than I am. I'm like, you guys have been doing so great this whole time. How did you, how did you make a mistake this thing? But whatever. Okay. (laughs) But the episode in and of itself is super fun and a a good laugh and just a really enjoyable watch. So I'm not going to complain about too much. So captains in his ready room being a classically overworked workaholic. He's mm-hmm. got pads and those really cool, like orange plexiglass, like tablet things on their stand. Do you remember those? They look Mm-mm. so cool. No, oh my I gosh. have to go back and look at it. Go back and look at that. There's a little, there's like a little panning shot of his desk and he's got like his laptop for lack of a better term, like up mm-hmm. there. And he's got multiple pads kind of stacked and he's got this little like stand that has almost like microscope slides, but scaled up much larger. Huh. It's like a slide stand and it's got these orange like plexiglass. Are they like see-through? Yes. They're see-through. Oh, that's neat. And it just looks so futury and so cool. And I, I just, I love it. I love it a lot. It's kind of like when you're playing with Legos, which is something I still do. And 
you have like a see-through red piece or mm-hmm. orange piece and it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, cool. That's what that felt like. <laughs> the transparent Lego, which we all know and love. <laughs> and so Beverly sits down and he's like, she's like, I've got to tell you, there's a patient who's just neglecting his health. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, yeah, tell me more. You know, and she's like, he's this, he's that, he's that. And then the captain goes to to rub his neck and she's like, he has muscle spasms. <laughs> and then he's like, wait a minute. I yep. think you're talking about me, you know? And he's like, what do you recommend? And she's like, you need a vacation. And he's yes. just like, I couldn't possibly, I'm so very important. I can't possibly take a vacation, which is what workaholics always say. Always. Being a workaholic, I will, I will vouch for all of them. See? And I will also say that is false. <laughs> you're <laughs> That is completely false. You need to take a freaking break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You cannot be effective when you're burnt out. No. He said he loathes vacations. And I thought, what kind of person loathes vacations? If you're an academic, you can like go to the Vatican and dig into the vault and look at all these ancient texts. If you're about like sitting at the beach, then you could, you get to, the point is you can do whatever the fuck you want. How do you not? It's like someone who says, I don't like to have fun. Uh, (laughs) fun is whatever you decide is fun. So my fun and your fun are not the same Sharice, Mm -hmm. but we still like to, that to me, I was like, okay, this is like 101, which is what we learn at the end of the episode. What he loathes is sitting around doing nothing. Like he doesn't mind being in his quarters, reading a book and drinking some tea, but that's not really a vacation. That's just like unwinding at the end of the day. That's like a, that's like a daily routine type of deal. Yeah. When it comes to like, just fully unwinding, he's picturing like, go and lay on a beach and just lay there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just don't. And you and I have had this conversation, right? Where I'm like, Hey, take me to a beach and I will lay there mm-hmm. give me a book and like something to drink. And I will be so happy. And you're just like, that's not how I beach. Right. You're like, I do surfing and da da da. you know, I save children and orphans from burning buildings, whatever <laughs> you do all this stuff. And that's how you, ah, uh, yes. That summer like- I spent saving orphans from burning bread factories. Yeah. That, that was-, was last week actually. <laughs> And so that's what I think he's saying when he's like, I loathe vacations. He doesn't like vacationing the way other people vacation. Classic idea. Yeah. But if he like, he's totally into archaeology. If he wants to go to some random moon and dig up crap in caves, he would love that. Do it. My mom cannot sit still for more than eight seconds. (laughs) Um, so when she vacations and as a kid, you know, we were, went on these family trips and you have no power in the situation. You're just dragged along. Her idea of a vacation was booking every effing tour available and stacking them. So it'd be like, okay, we're meeting at the hotel lobby at 6 a.m. From 6 to 7.30, we have this tour. From 7.30 to 8.45, we got that. Like that to me sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. That sounds like a nightmare. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. give me. That's not a vacation If I, if, me, I yeah. if I want to stretch myself, I'll do one tour, like one organized tour for a week-long trip. That's it. That is, and, and even then I'm like, mm, I don't. I think I'm like tour traumatized. I'm like, I don't want an organized tour. Yeah. Please. I feel tour traumatized just from you sharing that story. Um, <laughs> agreed. So yeah, that's exactly like how I vacation is. We'll pick like, you know, one or two major things we want to do mm-hmm. and the rest of time gets to be free time. So if you want to nap during your free time, yep. if you want to play volleyball in the pool, if you want to go and walk on the beach and then we just get together for meal times. Like if you want to go the- on a, to a moon and dig stuff up. Seriously. Like my last that? vacation, I did rock climbing. Like I did rock climbing. I did like surfing. I did just like fun stuff, adventure stuff. Yeah. Adventure stuff. And then everybody else snapped. And then on the last day when they were like, Hey, let's go do all this fun stuff, which everything was closed. Cause it was like the last day and the ship was heading back from the cruise. <laughs> um, I just stayed in the jacuzzi. Cause that's how I vacation. Yeah. Picard. I do rock climbing and the jacuzzi. That's how yeah. you do it. Picard. That's well, how you do it. Picard does tell Beverly. He's like, there is this like interplanetary symposium on like, Oh gosh. Yeah. Know, something <laughs> going through conferences and stuff. Like, yes. And she's no. like, no, which that could be a vacation for Picard. I mean, that's how he like gets his rocks off by learning about old rocks. Right. But, no, right. but it's, but, <laughs> but it is, but it's, but it wouldn't be, va- it wouldn't be relaxing for him. It would be work. It would, it would be work. It would be a different yeah. type of work. And that's what he's doing. He's like, instead of running the starship, I'll go learn at a symposium, different things. So I can like better professional, run like professional development. Professional like, that's development. Not- yeah. <sighs> and it is changing gears, but it's not relaxing and restoring. He needs to be digging up stuff in a cave. Yeah. So I'm glad that we got to see him do that exact thing. Yes. Yes. Because he he really does. He He really does. He is. so, And he looks so great doing it. Riker Mm -hmm. joins him in the turbo lift 
And he's trying to convince Picard of taking a vacation and Picard's not having it. And he's annoyed that everybody's trying to force him to take a break. And, and Riker, Riker is using his his idea of vacation. Yes, he's like sleeping with as many women as possible. Let me tell you about Rise Up. First time we've ever heard about this planet. It's a paradise. And he goes, and the women? <laughs> yeah. And I think Picard like says that at the same time. He goes, and the women. Like he yeah. knew that mm-hmm. part was coming. Yep. That's how Riker vacation. That's how Riker right. gets down, literally. Mm-hmm. And I love that. We the next shot we see is the bridge of the Enterprise and the turbo lift doors open and Picard and Riker are in the turbo lift and they're coming out. But Riker, all of his like six foot four frame is basically blocking the door. And I was like, Riker, let him out, man. But Troy, trust a woman to come up with the solution, says like, I have some great news. There's a very good chance that my mother will be visiting us when we're at Starbase 12. She's coming back from some sort of thing. She's going to rearrange her schedule so she can spend lots of time with us. And I love that Picard sees right through it, but yep. he's like, your mom's coming. All right, I'm out of here. And then he's like, Riker, can I see you in my ready room for a second? And I thought he- that was a great line. And then I love how Troy's like, yes, as he I know, walks away, she has a big goofy like, score one for the team, right? To I be know. like, Because you know that even though he sees right through that BS, you know, she might be like, Hey mom, you want to come over to the enterprise? Like she could totally call, call that bluff. Picard does need some downtime and he could use a playmate. Yeah. And she's like, I'll be right there. Little one. And, and Captain Picard is like, wherever you are, I will be right over there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, which, shuttle, which shuttle is currently ready. I don't need anything. I'll replicate what I need when I get there. Just, just which shuttle's ready. <laughs> Sir, you're still in your sleep uniform. Doesn't matter who just get me on. <laughs> So Riker gets pulled aside and Picard's like, is there anybody aboard the ship who is not conspiring to like, get me off this ship for a vacation? And I love that Riker's like, there might be a couple ensigns in like the lower decks. You don't know, yeah, but yeah, like no, everybody 39 who don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so funny. I love it. Well, Picard's like, Waxana's coming, huh? You know, I have been feeling pretty beat up. I guess. <laughs> and then he also goes, so like, if I don't go, I can look forward to like weeks of harassment from you sure everybody. You can, my friend. And Riker's like, that is correct. So he's mm-hmm. like, all right, all right. He's like, Risa, you say, huh? <laughs> so I love that because Riker and Troy know Captain Picard so well, they don't trust him to get off the ship to actually go on this vacation. He's going to be hiding in some Jeffrey's tube. <laughs> <laughs> reading a book <laughs> we need to but walk you to risa to make sure you get there whenever jordy goes crawling through a jeffrey's tube he just puts up a little panel to like hide right? himself and then drops He's the like, panel sir are you why are you, you hiding can't in jeffrey's see me tube? i'm not here Don't i'm not anyone i'm here <laughs> yes sir but he uh, left his com badge like in his quarters so that they can't find him <laughs> so yeah they don't trust him to like get off the damn ship so Riker and Troy like literally help him pack and then walk him <laughs> to the transporter. And Riker requests that Picard brings him back a traditional Ryzen souvenir called a Horgon. And he's like, they're very common. Can you grab one for me? And of course, Picard's like, sure. No big deal. Yeah. And then Worf says, you know, sir, I don't feel comfortable with you going down to this planet without some kind of security. To which Picard responds, no, no, it's fine. Like, there's no hostilities on this planet. It's just a peaceful planet. It's not at war with anybody. It's vacation. It's totally fine. And I was just like, you know, that was a good call on Worf to be like, hey, man, you probably need some security because you're the mm-hmm. captain of the effing Enterprise and there will be nobody else there with you. And we're going to be yeah. out of comms range within like, you know, a day because we're going all the way to Starbase 12 and who knows how long we'll be there. And I just thought like, you know, if this was like the president or something, they would have a security guard on vacation. Yes. Like there they would be, just, there would be security detail. There'd be security detail. And even if you're an ex-president, you still get security detail everywhere you go. And I get that the captain of the ship is not the same as a president, but I do feel like he should have had a security guard. And Worf was even like, "We'll stay out of the way. You know, we'll we'll be discreet. We're just there just to make sure that you're safe." Um, and I thought it was a bad call for Picard to be like, "Nah, I'll be. What could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Like, sure, I'll be out of calm range. I'll be on a planet by myself. But like." nothing bad's going to happen to me. I'm Picard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the most important people in Starfleet. I'm sure I'll be fine by myself with no contact. Um, I mean, obviously for the storyline, it would be dumb to have a security guard. Yeah. Cause then but, there would be no story whatsoever, but, but I just thought like that was actually a good call for security. Cause they don't always make the best calls. And no, I like they, they sure one. don't. They sure don't. And as well, we know, but at the very least I would say Picard did make some sense because 
we get some lovely world building. Risa is a vacation planet. It's just vacation land, which how amazing does that sound? But mm-hmm. also it's like, there's no weapons allowed. Like it's just a totally like peaceful place to just smoke some weed and lay out in the sun and just do whatever. <laughs> right. Like it's just mm-hmm. super chill place. Um, so Picard beams in to the lobby, which I felt, don't they have a transport room where you like whatever, but they beam right onto the lobby where this drop dead, gorgeous woman bumps into him. And she's like, Oh, sorry. And then she sees this Ferengi and is clearly like put off by him there. So she pretends to know Picard as women. I've done this myself. When you feel like you're in a sketchy situation, you find somebody and you're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? You know, so you can act like you're not alone there. And she kisses Picard full on the mouth. And the Ferengi is uncomfortable and like kind of looks the other way and walks away. And Picard's like, I think you may have mistaken me for someone else. Mm-hmm. And this so way she like, responds, you're right. And just like walks away. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome to Riza. And Picard goes, a simple handshake would have sufficed. Like he's so grumpy too. He's so irritated. This Even this beautiful woman who just kissed him for no reason, which I think a lot of straight men would be like, oh yes, please. Yes. He's just like, ugh. I just, uh, I just got here my already. Time. I'm, yeah. Already. I'm being annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so this actress, which we will get to know later as Vosh is played by Jennifer Hetrick. Little backstory. She and Patrick Stewart appeared in a couple of TNG episodes, this one and another one called Cupid, which is like that Robin hood episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were not a couple at the time that this episode was shot, but by the time they shot Cupid a year later, they were engaged, which I thought was really interesting. It's like, oh, cool. Like somebody's got like real chemistry with their co-star mm-hmm. and especially like a romantic co-star. I thought that was really cool. Now don't have the details as to why, but they never made it down the aisle. So they ended their engagement, but I thought that was kind of cool that they dated and they were engaged and um, they had this like absolutely real chemistry, which I thought was really fun. Um, So Patrick Stewart wanted an episode where the captain like meets this exciting woman and he actually met one in real life, which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of cool. What are the odds? I know. Right. Um, Yeah. So she kisses him on the mouth and she's like, yeah, I guess you are somebody I didn't. Okay. Well, anyway, have a good day. (laughs) Welcome to Risa. See you later. So he's just like huff, huff. And so he goes. And then the next scene we see him sitting on a beach chair, no sand to be seen. No, no, no beach. pool to be seen. No. no beach, but I'm sure it's there. Cause you hear people splashing, you hear people laughing. <laughs> so I guess they just didn't want to build all that for the set. Cause he was not getting it in anybody's yeah, water. They, they were basically all of Riza that we saw was basically like one atrium of like one hotel, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's, it's enough. It builds the world it, for us. Yeah. I, I bought it. I bought it. Cause you could hear the sounds of splashing and someone runs by and gets some wet, you know, and he's just like, ah, oh, and you know, get some water in his book or whatever. Yes. So he's sitting there trying to read his book and he's been reading the same paragraph for the last 17 minutes. You can tell (laughs) he has not gotten past page three and he's just like, ah, and then this, this waitress or whatever, somebody who works at the hotel or works at Riza comes along and is just like, you know, can I help you with anything? And he's like, you are the fifth woman to ask me if they can help me with anything. The only help I need is a peace and quiet so I can read my book, you know? And she's just like, well, I'm confused because you have a Horgon and he's all like, uh, are you trying to tell me that this Horgon actually means something? This mm-hmm. has some kind of, some kind mm-hmm. of semblance. And she's like, oh yeah, it's the symbol of sexual fertility and like prowess. And it means that you want a partner to do Jama Haron with you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, um, no, that's not, I just, I bought it for a friend. And she's, and he's like, oh, she's like, oh, a friend, huh? Someone you care about someone you love. And he's like, I wouldn't go all that far. You know? So he realizes that <laughs> he doesn't Riker even set look him up. up from the page, doesn't even look up from the page. And she's like, by displaying, by owning a Horgon, you're displaying like your sexual prowess, but by displaying the Horgon, you're inviting, you are, people. you're inviting people to, to have you get to Jamaharan or like it's whatever. Right. Yeah. It's some sexual adventure. And he's like, Riker. <laughs> Yep. He totally knows it's Riker. And to me, this scene felt so oh, Riker. this is this is why I feel weird about Risa is because she's the fifth woman to walk up to offer him Jamaharon. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, we don't know what it is, but it sounds like it's probably some sexual adventure. And I'm like, is this a planet of prostitutes? Because she works there. So is it like as oh. a part of her working there, one of her duties is to 
sexually please the guests oh, who are displaying these things. Maybe yikes! Yeah, that and really, I was just like, that puts a like, darker Ugh. bend on Risa. See, I mean, I that's just, how I've always felt about Risa. Like it's like because you know how oh. he's like the Risian women. They're so they're so adventurous, and it sounds like she's talking about like a species of women that just love sex. But then with this like sex idol that displays like, Hey, I'm looking for this. And then everybody comes up and is like, Oh, sir, how can I help you with it? You know, it's like, Ooh, that makes me feel really gross. And then mm. you see Bosch with like some hot guy, like massaging her leg. And I was just like, and she's like, Oh yeah, Jamaharon's great. You should try it. I was just like, it made me feel really gross. And that's how I feel about Risa. It makes I me feel I never gross. thought of that. I never <laughs> thought of that because they are employees. I just always assumed. And I still do that. The Ricean culture is very much like that super whitewashed naked culture from season one yeah. from um, the justice, Edo. the Edo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Where they're just like, we just bone all the time. <laughs> you, I just sort of figured that's kind of like, this is just a thing that we do all the time and it's a good time. Right. And that's why I think I would like for this woman to not be an employee yeah. who offers, you know, sexual favors another as part guest. of her employment. Yeah. yeah. If she was like another guest, then I'd be like, yeah, it's just like the Edo. They just all like to have sex and See, who cares? I never, Which would be fine I never me. even caught onto the, that, that she's like an employee. And I've seen this episode like a dozen times. That's crazy. See? Yeah. It grosses me out. And then <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I just don't, I just don't want her. And then later on when Picard's talking to Vosh, and he's like, I do not want Jamaha Ramon. You know, she's just like, what are you talking about? I wasn't going to offer that. And he was like, oh, I thought you worked here. Right. So again, it was like, oh, oh all the people who work here. Yeah. Service your sexual needs. Cause that's like part of their, ugh. that just, that grosses me out. <laughs> but if they, but if they were like the Edo and they just like to have sex with everybody, I would be so okay with that. Like if that was their culture, they're not getting paid for it. Or like, you know, it's obligated or expected yeah. of them. If they work here, that's just how they get down. Like, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like that's, that's how this planet, this planet rolls. So interesting. See two different perspectives, completely different. So the same Ferengi from before who appears to me, like he shopped at the Kendall section of the tropical vacation Barbie store <laughs> tells Picard. Totally looks like Ken. I didn't right. put that together to right now. <laughs> yeah. He went to like the men's section of the tropical vacation Barbie store and tells Picard that it's a mistake to work with her and that woman. And Picard's like, I don't know what you're talking about since he didn't see the Ferengi when Vosh kissed him. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the Ferengi was, was behind. behind. Back. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was behind Picard. So this Ferengi is like, I demand the disc. And I love that Picard has dealt with the Ferengi enough to know that they're just kind of like idiots. He doesn't even bother Sharice looking up from his page as he's ta- as he's talking to this. Yeah. If he Ferengi. wasn't going to look up from his page for Jamaharon, he's sure not looking up from his page <laughs> for some Ferengi threat. No, at all, especially a Ferengi threat that clearly must have mistaken him for someone else. Cause he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and this Ferengi's like, I will have the disc and I will have the woman. And Picard's like, uh, good luck with that. <laughs> and then he's all like, he's like, you know, you're going to be sorry or something. And Picard's like, I don't think so. And he's all like, <laughs> you must not have dealt with my people before. And he's like, oh, I've dealt with your people quite a bit. Yeah. yeah just like, it's just to was know. Great. it was well, great. I love that. There are certain ways that people display frustration or dominance. And this Ferengi pushes Picard just a little too much. And Picard asserts his dominance by slamming his book shut. (laughs) And standing up and he towers over the Ferengi by like two feet. Yes. And this Ferengi Um, is classic playground bully. (laughs) When When you stand up to them, they're like, oh, uh, I didn't mean that. Right. Meanwhile, this beautiful woman whose name we don't know yet is sitting here being massaged by all these scantily clad men. And she sees the whole thing, which tells me that this resort only has one swimming pool because everybody (laughs) is congregated in this one, like 10 foot by 10 foot area. (laughs) The whole planet of Risa. It's just one swimming pool. It's just a desert everywhere around there. (laughs) Anyway. So she comes over after he chases the Ferengi away and introduces With the her best speech ever, by the way, that whole speech of like, listen, I have had enough of this crap. And he's just oh, like, yeah, off on him. He's good. And he's the card. Yeah. And he's like, now get out of my face. And the guy's just like, oh, and I thought like, wow, that was, that was amazing. Picard. That was. Yeah. <laughs> so he sits down, he opens his book back to page three, back yep. to paragraph two. <laughs> He's got to go back to paragraph one because he's like, where was I again? Uh, (laughs) And Bosch sits down 
And he's like, I'm not interested in Jamaharon. I don't want, you know, and she's like, and at this you- point, he's hidden the Horgon underneath his blanket. He sure underneath as his hell has. Beach towel. Yep. Because he's tired of people walking up and asking him. <laughs> so he's like, how did she even see it when it's hidden? I don't even yes. know. Yes. And he's immediately blowing her off. He's like, I'm not interested. I don't want it. She's like, well, you really should try it sometime. And she's very playful and mischievous. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm not interested. She's like, well, I'm flattered that you think I was offering it to you. And he's like, oh, uh, mm, that's not what, oh. And she's like, well, my name is Vashita. She introduces herself to him. And I think that she is just this mischievous and playful foil to Picard's very buttoned up, like starched manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She reminds me a lot, Sharice, of Irene Adler. This like perfect foil oh, yeah. to Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. She is just equal and opposite in so many ways and provides that equal and opposite pull. Yeah. Um, because if Picard ended up with a starched woman, it's like, okay, well, you know that the they'll have sex exactly three times and they'll just spend all their time at like going to conferences, conferences yeah. and like reading books and drinking port. It's like, th- that's all good and well, but like, that's nice if they've been married for like 35 years. Yes. But like, this but, is excitement. This is sexy. Yeah. This is fun. Like that's what I think makes Vosh really makes this whole episode so much fun. You know, what's so interesting. Cause I know you're reading through Sherlock Holmes right now. When I you am. get to the story with Irene Adler, she does not have as much, like it's very short. It's very brief. She's mm. in, she's out and you never hear from her again. Oh. So it's, it's really fascinating because in the movies and the shows, she has so much personality, so yes. much depth. She does so much stuff. And it's like one tiny little story that people have just latched onto and exploded it. That's if, so interesting. If you guys are not aware, I'm obsessed with Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you have any like cool stories or like things I should watch or see or know about, send me an email to info at the TNG podcast.com. But yeah, I agree. She is kind of that foil who's kind of like an equal and opposite. She's very playful. um, And that's really what he needs. But he's still not trying to have it because he's quote unquote trying to relax. Mm -hmm. So he picks up his book. He takes his little um, horgon still wrapped in a towel. So no one can see it. (laughs) So it doesn't see the light of day. (laughs) Yes. And he storms off to which she follows him. And interlaces his her arms and his and is like, let's walk together. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> leave me alone. I just want peace and quiet. What are you guys even talking See, about? This is that freedom of choice thing that really irritates me and makes me anxious because mm-hmm. when someone said is no saying many, like, many times. yes, when I've said no a hundred times and you keep bugging me, I'm going to lose it. I'm just going to lose it. And you know what? You had it coming because I said no a hundred times. Stop. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Maybe that paints a picture of what my childhood was like. I, I don't know. But it's very, like, I see this. I'm like, why don't they just leave him alone? Leave the yeah. man alone. Although we wouldn't have had a story. So whatever. that's why. That's why they're always super duper pushy. So she's all like, <laughs> la, 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 like frolicking through the lobby. And he's just like, ugh. And then this Ferengi comes out of the corner. is like, I thought you said you did not know her. And he's like, oh, okay. This is the woman you were talking about. Sounds like you two have some stuff y'all need to talk about. Like mm-hmm. you guys figured out amongst yourselves. I have yep. nothing to do with this. Yep. And while he's just like proclaiming his innocence, Vosh slips a little disc into his pocket and he storms off. And then yes. they stay to talk about whatever they need to talk about. Yes. By the way, she slips this little disc into his bathing suit cover up, which incidentally covers nothing up. I was no. like, this is the worst cover up I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's so, it's so funny. It's not until later on when he comes to her room to return the disc mm-hmm. that I realize that Sir Patrick Stewart's been wearing speedos this whole time. Like I you didn't, didn't even notice that. I mean, I oh noticed they were all in their bathing suits, but it just kind of was like, oh, it's part of the ambiance, right? Like it didn't really click until I saw him walking around. I was like, that's a lot of leg he's showing right now. He sure and is. I was like, oh my God. Cause you know what it was? He went to tuck his little, his little cover-up clothes. And that's when mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that cover-up with the super low V-neck only covers his belly button and like the very top of his like <laughs> underwear. Yeah. His speedos. <laughs> and I was like, is he, has he been shooting this entire filming this entire episode in speedos? Also, can we just do a nice little round of applause for Patrick Stewart at 55 and change looking so fit? Good for you. Looks way more fit than I do right now. I'm super impressed. He is in his 80s today, I believe. And he still will post pictures on his Instagram every now and again. Like he's on vacation. He's wearing some board shorts and he's shirtless. He's at Risa. Amazing. (laughs) He sure as hell is. He sure as hell is. He looks amazing. Amazing. So Patrick Stewart, 
good job you you mm-hmm. really do you can work a speedo and he looks good he looks great in it but yeah also did you notice that that bathing suit cover-up was totally asymmetrical like one pocket was much bigger and way lower than the other i was like oh that's a cool kind of detail for the people who made i did that. not notice but i do know that you know tng is big on asymmetry like yes. that's their way to make something look futuristic just future. make it crooked yep yep <laughs> and that's now it's future mm-hmm. <laughs> So Picard goes to his room and he walks in and he sees the two Borgon aliens scanning all over the place. And he's like, oh, here we go. Like now there's people in my room. What the heck? Like I cannot get any peace on this effing planet. And so he's like, who are you? And what are you doing in our room, in my room? And then the Vorgons proceed to tell him they're actually from the future. Mm-hmm. They've traveled 300 years into the past because their historical documents have told them that Picard encountered some artifact that could be the, to- uh, the Toxutots, mm-hmm. which is some, you know, some artifact from the future that's got some special properties and all this stuff. And um, I just thought Picard bought their future story way too easily. Thank you. That was my same criticism where these people are like, we are from 300 years in the future. Uh, we have like our records indicate that you found this tox Utat and we need to get it back. And he's like, okay, well, if I find it, I'll give it to you. And also it's capable of halting all <laughs> nuclear reactions in a star. So that shit is a weapon. Mm-hmm. If not, it's just begging to be turned into a weapon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it doesn't belong in our time. So if I find it, I'll give it to you. And I was like, you're not even going to verify their story. You're not going to ask for pr- if somebody came mm-hmm. up to me and was like, I need all your diamonds. I'm from the future. I'd be like, uh, you're going to have to prove it or something. I'm not gonna be like, well, okay. I mean, what? if I said anything, right. Even if someone just walked up and said, hi, I'm from the future. You'd be like, no, you're not. And keep walking. Like, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I'd be somebody, like, is, is there some medication you need to be on and haven't taken enough of? Please step aside. I'm trying to buy my Frappuccino right now. I need you to move to the left. Like I, there's, yes. there, I wouldn't be like, okay. Yeah. And also yeah. with, yeah, when I find it, I'll give it to you. It's just kind of like, I don't know how he could, I don't. And here's the thing. How exactly do you verify that someone's from 300 years in the future? What could you do to test? I mean, maybe they could show you some future technology, but that could just be alien technology, not necessarily future mm-hmm. technology. I don't know because they can't, t- they can't tell you anything that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't really know. Well, see, having traveled back to the past multiple times this past year, I can verify <laughs> <laughs> that if I were to come to the past from the future, I would tell you some inconsequential thing that's about to happen. Like that man is about to trip over that base. You're not right. giving away any information that's going to change the timeline. Right. But you do that three or four times and it's like, oh, she's going to knock out, you know, that guy or like the Frappuccino machine is going to whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have all these things happen. And I feel like that's an, that would be enough. You know what? Like, I think oh, dang. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I don't think they could do that because they're 300 years in the future. They don't have the minuscule detail. detail. They have the detail that he found something that sounded like the Toxutot and that's about it. And that Therese, it was at Riza around this time. And that's that it. sounds like a personal problem to me. If you don't have the minutia, <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you. You need to tell me something. Otherwise I'm not going to believe you. Period. So different. He believes them immediately with no problem whatsoever. Least, the least gullible man in the universe <laughs> is now like future. All right. Weapon. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Come yeah. find me. A, come find me in a couple days. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> right, I was waiting for him to get their business card. Like, you want me to just call you when I get it? Right. Like, I'll just call you. That's what I thought. And they just disappeared. And I was like, how are they going to know when to check back in to see if he found it? Oh and I never got the answer to that question either. Cause oh. I, I was really wondering that, like, when are they going to be like, okay, call us or like click this button or like, you know, they were just like, okay, Lord. and then they just beamed yep. out. And I was like, um, don't yep. we need like a time we're going to read? like get back together for okay yeah. well I anyways. have a very busy schedule reading that same paragraph over and over again I'm gonna need you to like nail down a time for me yeah yeah so you yes. guys are from the future apparently we've got all the time in the world yeah <laughs> so he goes to visit Bosch because he finds the disc in his pocket and he remembers the Ferengi whose name we still don't know yet yeah talking about um the disc is mine give yes. me the disc human yes. So yes. he's like this must be that effing disc yeah <laughs> and so he goes to visit Vosh and she admits that she worked for this scientist slash academic who dedicated his life to finding the tox utat. And she claims that Sovak helped the professor further his research, especially in some like less than ethical situations. So because of this, Sovak claims that the utat 
for long time. He he owns like a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And, Vash and when is- he walks in, you see that Vosh's room is totally destroyed. Yep. And she says, Salvox been going through started, it. Yeah, started to rummage through my room all the time, like periodically. So that's why I hit the de- disc in your pocket because I figured he might start searching me next and I didn't want him to find it on me. Yes. Well, two things we know about, right? So there are no, no weapons locks. allowed and no mm-hmm. locks on the doors. Yeah, because yeah. anything goes, especially I mean, with Jamaharon. <laughs> that's exactly it. If you want some Jamaharon, you can't be having doors and locks and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> so Vash says, like, I actually want to find the Taksutat and present it to the Daystrom Institute. And I thought the same Daystrom Institute that was responsible for, like, lol, having an overload in her synapse and dying, <laughs> fuck the Daystrom Institute. I need a t-shirt that says that. Um, Technically, it was Admiral Haftel and his nonsense. Not you the whole represent the Daystrom Institute, sir. Unless they are going to, yeah, like... Yeah, he should have been fired. Yep, yep. They should have canceled him. There should have been some kind, of, some kind of ethical board hearing or something <laughs> for that. Well, well, there's that other punchable face of Starfleet who worked at the Daystrom Institute and wanted to dismantle yes. data. So yeah, that's true. I'm just really, first of You're all, over the, the Daystrom Institute. I'm really over Daystrom <laughs> Institute. Also, I want to start my own club called the Daystrom Institute just to make it a real thing that exists on this planet. Also, the Daystrom Institute seems to me like this like cybernetic android facility why would they need a tox uta it's not a museum but it's not though it is more like a it it is more like maybe museum's not the right word but it is more like a museum where it's like any technological advances of ever go to the daystrom institute oh so like in voyager the doctor gets this um portable emitter that allows him to exist outside of the holodeck because it like maintains his matrix or whatever yes and that thing they were like when we get back to earth we're going to give this to the daystrom institute so it's just like any Mm, technological any kind of learned things okay yeah any kind of advancements or anything that's like crazy or cool or amazing goes there to be studied slash displayed question mark slash so it's destroyed yeah slash destroyed right so it's like a it's like a research place but it's also like seems like a place where stuff gets put on display hmm. okay i can go with that i just think that we need it's to just have so some far sort it's of, only been data because- yeah we 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 need to like maybe look into the daystrom institute's past dealings but anyway yeah. so yeah vash is like well i've been working with this professor for years i want to send this to the daystrom institute it's a little indiana jonesy where it's like it belongs in a museum right it's 100 indiana jonesy and that's exactly yeah. what i thought when they head off to go find the treasure in their outfits in their yes. Indiana Jones future outfit. And I was like, that's what so, I said. So cool. That is what I said. Okay. So yeah, Picard is like intrigued and he is like, well, why don't you give the disc to me? And I will go look for the talks who taught, which like records indicate is like, you know, somewhere nearby on this planet somewhere. that's mm-hmm. nearby. Yeah. And she's like, not so fast, buddy, because the professor's notes are coded and only I know the code. So I have to go as well. So he's like, all right, I'll meet you in the lobby in 15 minutes. And they come out dressed like 24th century Indiana Jones cosplayers mm-hmm. and head out. And I love it. I love their outfits so much. I just want to dress like Vosh, like kind of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sovak shows up and he's like, you didn't think I'd let you get away that fast, which like good for it's you, fair. buddy. Yeah, it's totally, fair. Yeah. He totally shouldn't let them fair. get away that easily. He's not, <laughs> not if he's serious. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So he puts a gun to their backs and he reveals that Bosch wasn't the professor's assistant. He paid her to steal the disc from him, but she betrayed him. It's like, oh, that makes more sense. Cause Bosch seems a little less than ethical. You know, yeah. she's, she seems like but an ethical. She did say she did work with him for five years. So she did actually do that. But then she also stole from him. Both things are true. Oh no! Yeah, because I took it because she I kept saying she kept saying I worked for him for five years. Like I deserve this. I I took that differently. That she had been hunting down the Toxutat for five years and ended up finding this professor and stealing the disc from him. I did not gather that she actually was honest about working for five years with this man because she's such an unscrupulous woman. I just figured she's not going to put in five years of research like that. That that's that's like real work and she's not about yeah. that yeah yeah that's true in the in the cave though she confesses like i worked for with him for five years and i feel like i deserved it uh, so i think she did work with him but maybe she worked with him just as unscrupulously as solvec did right like maybe yeah. she wasn't like the beloved intern you know running to get him yes. coffee yeah but maybe she was also the one with like the connections the underworld connections and you know what i mean like but she did say she worked with him and i buy that but i also don't believe she worked with him mm-hmm. in like a Starfleety type way. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really on the up and up. Um, so he 
they pull this like Indiana Jones move and Picard gets the gun away from Sovak when Vosh throws what could only be described as the universe's most uncomfortable looking backpack (laughs) and punches him in the face. And it's such a Harrison Ford move. And I was like, oh my God, we have two degrees of separation (laughs) from Star Trek to Indiana Jones because Star Trek, Star Wars, Han Solo, Harrison Ford. There you have it. I was like, I have completed the puzzle. <laughs> I like how you just go Star Trek, Star Wars. Like you just connect them. We're just because they both have Star. There yeah, you go. yeah. We're just you know, it's it's spaceships <laughs> and future stuff. So although I guess Star Wars is supposed to be long, long ago, but whatever. It's it's sci-fi. It's space. It's lasers. It's phasers. It's whatever. But yeah, no, they're one hundred percent doing a Indiana Jones move, and they look so great doing it. Mm-hmm. And I so love then, it. So Picard takes the weapon after he says, there's no weapons allowed on Risa. How'd you even get that in here? Which is a good question that we don't get answered. But anyways, he takes the weapon. A hall so monitor he, move. That's he not punch- allowed. <laughs> he punches Solvek in the face and he's immediately knocked out, which is impressive. And then he takes the gun and just throws it into the bushes. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like, sure. I like, Why would gonna, I He's going to come around in like two seconds and be like, well, <clears throat> there's my phaser. All right, let me go after that. <laughs> I know. Like, what I know. I was like, happen? I feel like. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't look in the bushes because why would somebody throw it in the bushes? Which is just comes back to the big question. Why did he throw it in the bushes? Right. <laughs> so, I, you know, some poor like waitress or whatever, some poor prostitute who works there at the pro- at the hotel is going to be like, uh, some, some poor victim of human trafficking is yeah. cleaning up wine, wine vomit in the bushes and finds this gun. Why? You know, if I were Picard, I'd have been like, Guns are not allowed in, right? Loud enough <laughs> comes around and just confiscates it. Where it's like, who let this guy in with a gun, right? You just put him on blast. Someone just, or punch him, knock him out, take the gun and drop it off at the front desk and be like, you might want to get rid of this. Bam. Don't toss or it. Or just take it and keep it. This reminds me of the episode with Jordy and the Romulan in the cave where he like, <laughs> take the gun gets knocked down and it's like one inch away from his hand. And as soon as he comes to, he pulls up the gun again. And he's like, oh, come on. And I was like, Jordy, that was on you. That was on you. You knew that man had you at gunpoint not two minutes ago. As soon as he Jordy, fell down, what are you take the doing, gun away. Man? Take it away, put it in your pocket. Take Jordy, it away, put it in your hand. Just what were you doing? So that's how I felt here. I was like, Prakash should have just kept that gun. Like, there's no reason for it to be in the bushes. Just you might keep as it well and keep it moving. You don't know what you're gonna encounter in the desert. Like, keep it moving. If you know that a Ferengi came to play with a weapon, you might want to just keep it because he's probably gonna come back with another weapon, maybe. Yeah, just hold exactly. on to it. Don't just, just casually shove him away and then put it on the coffee table and walk away. <laughs> it's like, what do you think? Seriously. So the next <laughs> thing we see, it's clearly been like a long day's hike. Vash In my Picard- notes, it just says, um, okay. <laughs> In this scene. But yeah. So there <laughs> just toss it over this low brick wall just, and keep um, it moving. <laughs> okay. So yes, so they go to a cave. <laughs> yeah. It, that was just Picard, you're showing some serious la- like lack this, of judgment. This is the episode I would more believe that Picard's been taken over by a doppelganger. He believes <laughs> future people with no verification. He just casually tosses a live fucking weapon over like a low garden wall into some azaleas and just walks away, leaving a Ferengi sprawled unconscious oh, on the man. floor. Like, what? Yeah, this is Picard, great. Picard, what are you doing? So it's been a long day's hike. He and Vash are in some like caves and they set up camp for the night. They're like, we still have 11 kilometers to go. It's going to be a while. And Vash reveals that, that she did in fact steal the disc and Picard's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, forgive me for like not looking super surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And they do have this little back and forth. They kind of try to go to sleep, but Vash is laughing and he, 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 and wouldn't you, (laughs) if you had Sir Patrick Stewart in your bed and then they end up hooking up, which Spoiler alert, that was going to happen the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no but you never see alert. that, There's right? No you just, well, okay. You never, I was going to say, no, you do see that. You totally see that. You see it all the time. So yeah. So you're like, oh, but with Picard though, you're like, he's found a love interest and they actually went past just kissing. What? Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't where he kissed Beverly last week and then kicked her out of the room. Immediately. It wasn't like that at all. <laughs> and it was actually really well done. And I do appreciate the like, 90s style here that we see of yeah. like implying that they made love, but mm-hmm. it's not like really like voyeuristic or graphic or gory. It's just kind yes. of sweet. It's kind of sweet. It's beautiful. 
It's like both people are consenting for a change, which is nice. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the first time ever. God, this actually might be the first time <laughs> that we see. Holy in, crap. That's upsetting. Where two people are like, I would like you. And I would like you too. Yes. Yes. Great. And maybe Sign the time here. with, maybe the time with <laughs> Riker on angel one, but like anybody who wants to sleep with Riker, like that's he's down for it. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, and so, then the chick, the chick that, um, yes. Wants him to wash the feet. Brenna yeah, Odell. Odell. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's it. So, so this is very sweet. And then, um, you're just like, you know, Vash is like a good max for, match for Picard. Like this is just a fun adventure. And she says when they're kind of like, you know, cuddling, like you hated that, you know, he was all like, you ruined my vacation. She was like, please, I made your vacation because sitting there go, reading Vosh, that book. Go. Yeah, this is not your thing. This was not your thing. How did was, she know that? This was going to work for you for an hour and 15 minutes. And then you would have been like, now what Climbing do I do? the walls. Climbing the yes. walls. Yeah, yes. For a week. Yes. And like, she, she knows him already. And I love that. I love the chemistry that they have where she is playful and flirtatious and that's exactly something I would have said where I'm like, honey, you were never going to be content just sitting there reading with women asking you to like find Jamaharon with them. Like this is fun for you because otherwise, you know, as soon as Picard heard about this, like ancient artifact, he's like, I'll meet you in 15 minutes Wear your best Indiana Jones slash the jungle cruise <laughs> outfit. And let's go. Like if he wasn't that kind of person, he would have been like, good luck with that. And that would have been it. So that's mm-hmm. how she that's knows. True. Like this that's is, true. this is so, and she's totally right. Like he, and she says like, tell me you're, you're, you're not enjoying yourself. And he's like, all right, I am like, he's having so much fun now. So much fun. You just had sex with this smoking hot woman in a cave when you're looking for ancient artifacts on rise Yeah, You're on Come a treasure on. hunt for some future thing. Like that's cool. <laughs> this is way better than sitting at the pool. Way better. Oh, it's better. All right. So next morning, Picard and Vosh kind of find the rough location of the Utah and start digging with the coolest shovels ever. Did you uh, see those like now together know, shovels? Yes. Okay. I, I was one. thinking a, you didn't pack any food in that backpack because that backpack hold held one thing and one thing only. And it was two <laughs> shovels that snapped together. They fit perfectly in the compartment, a bedroll. Yeah. They had a bedroll, no pillows, a bedroll in like that tube on the bottom and the top part, which by the way, whoever made that backpack, you rock so hard because that thing was amazing, but it only held two shovels and that's it. But yeah, they snapped <laughs> the shovels together and started digging and the future aliens pop by to witness this like historic event where they're like, we are finally going to see you find the Toxu Tot and give it to us, you know, without us verifying who we are or whatever, but we're going to gloss over that. Right. And Slovak shows up. And with wait, a- no. And then Vosh is like, what the F? Who are these people? Yes. And he's all like, oh, yeah. So what ha- happened was, right, <laughs> they're like from the future and a Toxu Tot is theirs. So once we dig it up, we're just going to give it to them. I just didn't didn't want to tell you that because I wanted to have sex with you, but she's like, you weren't going to tell me. And he was like, well, if I told you, would you have taken me to the location? And she was like, no. And he's like, exactly. So So there you go. Let's keep on digging. (laughs) And then as they turn to like, keep digging anyways, because it's kind of like, well, whatever, like what's done is done. Then Solvek shows up with like a Ferengi machine gun. I could yep. see him getting that little tiny phaser in. Yeah. How did, you get, a pocket. how did you get, how did you get a phaser rifle onto Ryza and nobody noticed? Yeah. Like what the <laughs> heck, man? Like, I guess that's what, that was the one thing in his backpack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had a little one, like a pocket one. And then he had the big one, the you like deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes with his gun and he's like, the Tatsu Tat is mine. Dig humans, dig. Yes. And they're like. Well, this is awkward. Yeah, we don't we have a choice. Three people who all want the toxic tot. Um, and Picard, who's like, I'm just here to take pictures and put it in my scrapbook. Like, I'm just here to like, for I the just funsies. came to Ryza to read a book. That's all I wanted. And I could have done this in my quarters. <laughs> yeah, why did you go to the pool? You could have sat there in your, okay, whatever, whatever. But yeah, this is something that really bugs me. So the Vorgons, which are the future aliens, are watching this historic event. Sovak shows up with this phaser rifle and he's like, dig, assholes, dig, right? And they're like, okay. So they're digging. The betrayer has been betrayed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And now we can tell immediately that some hours have passed because the hole's Bosch, really big. The hole is really big. Bosch and Picard, like their jackets are off. They're like their tank tops. And they somehow still look epic. They still look amazing. And after which, at some point, they're like, it's not here. Like, according to the disc, like they should have found it hours ago. So and they've been Sovac, digging for hours, which yes. is bonkers. And Sovak gets frantic. 
And he's like, it's, it's gotta be here. It's gotta be here. And then the Vorgon aliens say it is most puzzling. And then they disappear. And I thought, have you assholes been standing there the whole time watching us dig for hours? You have a clear invested interest in acquiring the Toxodon. And y'all couldn't have just helped us dig with some fucking future technology? You've been standing there like the assholes that you are watching us sweat for hours. What the hell? And keep in mind, no one in the scenario has snacks. No one has snacks. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even needed, have water. I would have needed some fruit <laughs> snacks at this point. I was like, you guys have been standing there the whole time watching me and Bosch struggle at gunpoint. And you're like, I guess we're going to see how this plays out. We're here to watch the unveiling of the Toxutot. Fuck you guys. You know what? Just because of that, I'm not giving you the Toxutot just for that. You should have helped me dig. Yeah, I was I was like, if you think I'm going to give you the Toxutot now, then you're out of your mind because you just yeah. sat here and watched me struggle. And they don't even need future technology because we can do that today with our current technology, like backhoes, like all kinds of stuff. And I mean, they could just transport her out like the dirt. They could do something. They could do a whole bunch of stuff, but they've you got some metal shovels. You could literally beam shit out of the core of a planet, but you have exactly. little like 1940s shovels that are dressed up like, you know, 2300, whatever. And this is what you've chosen to do. Yeah. So Sovak now jumps into this pit and he's like, it has to be here. It has to be here. And at this point, everybody's like, it's clearly not so we're just gonna go and like leave you and again here's the part that shows that Ferengi are such a joke because he lays down his phaser rifle and picks up a shovel and Vosh and Picard are like meh we'll leave him to it and they just like walk no one's like get the weapon away from him or anything they're just like eh. and they just walk out like turn their backs to him and his phaser rifle let him shovel manically because they know he's not going to shoot them because that won't bring him any profit. He just needs to find it. And poor guy, you know, he's still in there to this day, shoveling. Still. Yeah, his bones are there. With a shovel. With a shovel outstretched <laughs> in his hand. Yeah. So I actually, yeah. I actually really did feel bad for him though, so in this scene. Because he's like, not again. Not another one. I can't have another setback. Like, this is the last final straw or whatever. I did feel bad for it, him. It, uh, it, that reminds me of the Simpsons where like old Gil can never catch a break. <laughs> totally what this felt like where he's like not another setback so Vosh Vosh is really disappointed that like all this work has been for nothing for the last five years and Picard walks her to her room and she's like if you don't mind I just kind of want to be alone because you can tell Picard wants some like you know disappointment sex or something and yeah he sure does is like no I'm good he's like is this a good time to ask for Jamaharon and she's like no No. a good time was last (laughs) night not right now yeah. Yeah. So Picard is like, okay, no sweat. Let me leave you alone. He goes back to his room and he's kind of like packing and stuff. And we hear Riker call him on his comp badge. That's somewhere in his suitcase. And he's like, yeah, um, we're in orbit. We're ready to beam you back aboard whenever you're ready. And I was like, man, that was a short vacation. You got like a two day vacation. And that was that. Um, but Picard's like, I'm almost ready to come back, but I want you to stand by for a transporter code 14 on my mark. And I was like, what is transporter code 14? Mm-hmm. And does everybody know what it is immediately? Like, oh, it's 14. Let's do it. I mean, it, clearly Riker knows what it is. It's some kind of Starfleet secret code, just similar to last week when they had the like look, knowing looks at each other and they knew exactly what that meant. Yes. It was kind of like that where it's like yes. number 14 and Riker's like, sir, a 14. Are you sure? And he's like, yes, a 14. And you're like, what's a, what's a 14? What's a 14? They have different kinds <laughs> of transporters. It's just like last week when we were like, yeah. they have different shields. <laughs> like, what is going yes, on? I know. When did this happen? And why didn't anybody uh, appraise What's us of this matter? What's one through 13? So yeah. many questions. <laughs> if you know the answer to that, email us. Info at the TNGpodcast.com. <laughs> yeah. I just really want to know what transport code like eight is. That's what I want to know. All right. So the next thing we see is the lobby of this resort and Vosh is very clearly kind of making a quiet little sneaky In getaway. the cutest outfit it, it, ever. Thank you. In this gorgeous pink dress with these like blue green stones that go over her shoulder in the back and in the front as well. And I was like, whoever made that dress, it would be, it's not Star Trek beautiful. It's just Mm -hmm. beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of clothing. It's like Beverly's sweater last week. Like that sweater I would wear today. I don't need to wait to 2347 or whatever. I would wear that today. The costuming department is like crushing it because even... Was it this they week really or last week? I don't know. But the Vorgon's costume is so good. 
their Indiana Jones costume is so good. Like, so and then much even fun. when they show the Starfleet uniforms and you see how they sparkle and just like how bright they are and their colors and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. It's just really beautiful. Yeah. Absolute A plus for costuming and makeup. Yeah. Vasha's dress. If I could wear that dress today, I absolutely would. It's so stunning. And she looks beautiful in mm-hmm. it. So she's sneaking away and Picard's like leaving so soon. And it pans over and he's sitting there waiting for her still in his dirty Indiana Jones outfit. That looks so good mm-hmm. on him. And he's like, before you go and she's like i just want to put all this behind me this was so painful and he's like completely understand really quick though where do you have the toxic tot and she's like what you were there me? you saw that it. it was not there how do i know that you don't have that's outrageous like <laughs> she's just way too smart to be pulling all that and he's like come on now and she's i know you had to have found like, it already when, when would must- i have had time to do that you were there with me you saw me digging and he's like, you probably found it the second you got on this planet and you've just been staying the whole yeah. rest of this time just playing a yes. game. This was this was just a ruse to let Sovak believe that the quest for the Utah was futile. I just happened to get caught up in it, but I'm willing to stake my reputation on the fact that you got here and you went and found it immediately. You squirreled it away, but because Sovak was going to follow you here, you couldn't just take off with it because he would track you exactly. down. You had to make it look like it wasn't here. It wasn't real. It's just stuff of mm-hmm. legend or whatever the fuck. And so now that poor Ferengi is going to die in a cave. <laughs> digging for, he's going to get, he's going to get to the other side of Ryza by digging to the core and spoiler the same exact resort is going to be on the other side of the planet. It's all going to look the same. There's only one pool. So He's like, where do you have it? And she opens up one of the Horgons and this Tox Utat is in there. And it's this big, beautiful crystal. And I was like, wow, it doesn't even have any dirt on it or anything. Like it's like polished. Yeah, and clean I did and not perfect. expect it to look like that. I thought it was going to look more like the disc actually, because they said it's like, mm. uh, it's a, they, they described it as like a gemstone that fits in the palm of your hand. So I thought yes. it was going to be really small. And I thought Vosh mm-hmm. had like slipped it into her pocket while they were digging. Like, that's what I thought when they were like, oh, I didn't find it anywhere. And then when she had it there, when he said, no, you found it the day you got here. And then you made this whole thing as this elaborate ruse. And then she opened it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that thing's huge. Like, that doesn't just fit in the palm of your hand. And that there's no no way that she could have slipped it in her pocket. And also, I thought it looked like a giant diamond, which honestly was a little bit disappointing because I thought the disc looked so cool. It was like green. It was Mm -hmm. sparkly. It looked like it was holographic. Yeah, it looked like kind of like emeralds. It was so I thought it was going to be something like that. Something where I was like, ooh, what is that? But no, it's like a really giant diamond. And I was like, oh, yeah. I thought it looked cool, but yeah, I was like, I thought if you're going to be digging in the dirt for it now, would it have been put in like a box or would it just be like dropped in the dirt and covered? I figured she cleaned it and put it in that box, like for transport. That's what I figured, Mm. but I don't know. Into in the, in the, well, I thought hiding it in a Horgon was a great idea because he was never going to look there. So as he wasn't going to, somebody else probably would though. No, they would have. They'd have been like, what's this? So the Vorgons arrive right on schedule and demand the Utat back. And Vosh hears the name Vorgons, which, what were they calling them before when they were watching them? They didn't call them anything. I don't know. Yeah, she's like, he's like, so Vosh, meet my future friends. They're here to take the Utah as soon as we find it. And she's like, Vorgon? The professor had reported a male and female Vorgon had attempted to steal the Utah from him, like, near the end. So this male Vorgon is like, I've had about enough of you. And he stuns her. And she kind of flies backwards. I I call this the, the, like, the drunk setting. Yeah, he stunned her with a drunk spell. She slowly topples over. She kind of stumbled backwards, (laughs) yeah. And Picard immediately enacts transporter code 14, which we didn't know that the Enterprise was listening the whole time. And it simultaneously, like, beams and destroys the Utah. Well, they weren't listening the whole time. He, um... He touches his comm badge. Like after she gets drunk stunned and she falls over, he turns to look at her (laughs) and he taps his comm badge. And he's like, he says, Riker, prepare on my mark like that. And then he, he sets it down on the ground and jumps to protect Vosh. And as soon as he says two second delay or something, no, he says, Mark, he says like, do it on my mark. And then he jumps to protect Vosh. And as soon as he jumps over her, he says, Mark like that. And then it Mm. like, you know, whatever beams or whatever. And that's the same moment that the Borgons went to grab it. Yes, they went to grab it and it simultaneously beamed and destroyed the Utah. Did it destroy the Utah show or did it just make it look like it destroyed it, ex- it? That's what I thought. It destroyed it. It exploded. It exploded. I thought it was just like, do you remember when they did that transporter trick back when they were doing the war games and they made it look like mm-hmm. the ship got destroyed, but really they just like blew up yes. a photon torpedo near it and then it beamed out of like, it like flew around the planet. 
That's what I thought happened. Oh, see, I thought they just made it. Oh no, I fully, I fully believe that they just destroyed it. Like it, ha- there was like an explosion, and we never hear of the Tux Utah again. Yeah. So it's not like Picard was like, it belongs in a museum, right? Right. 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 <laughs> no, that's totally fair. Like so, that, I thought they just pulled the same trick again, where they made it look like it's destroyed. But you're right; they probably did because the Borgons say it was written in the history books that you destroyed it. <laughs> so it's like. Yes, it's going to happen. So, all yes, along. they are disappointed and they reveal exactly that Picard had acted just as their records had stated by destroying the Utah. They admit defeat and they bounce from Risa without paying their bill. <laughs> and Vash and Picard have this cute little summer fling goodbye. And I love a good summer fling. I've always loved one. And you always have a cute little summer fling goodbye. It's like, hey, until we meet again. This was super fun. Remember that time that we almost died in the cave? That was so, so cool. <laughs> and he heads back to the Enterprise. And again, I, I got to say, this woman is this perfect, sexy adventure girl for Picard's buttoned up personality. And she asks and, him, right? She's like, any room on the Enterprise for an archaeologist? And he's like, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> no, I don't think Starfleet's your style. And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. There's yeah. no future here. That's like that's like you would be in the military. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, <laughs> it's just more private. You need to go do blah, blah, blah. And be like, you know what? This isn't for me. This is not, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Let me give you my pip or my half pip. And like, I'm just going to go ahead and bounce. Can I take a shuttlecraft? I'm out of here. <laughs> so back on the Enterprise, Picard says to Riker, you and I need to have a little chat about the Horgon. And that's where the episode ends. I was like, this is just such a fun adventure, sexy, mm-hmm. romp, campy. Ad- yeah. And Riker's like, I knew he was going to have a great time, but he didn't have a great yeah. time the way Riker has a great time on Risa. He had a great time the way Picard has a great time. But it yeah. was a totally There's still sex and women, yes. but it's caves and but it's whatever. caves and archaeology <laughs> and future aliens and just some different stuff. And really, <laughs> like he didn't plan that vacation. That vacation found him like that adventure found him. Yes. And that's what made it cool. See, now I'm picturing a little bit further in the future. Troy and Riker are like, so what did you do on your vacation? He's like, okay, so future aliens came and demanded this artifact. That's a stuff of legend. It's just mythic. And then this gorgeous woman came up to me. And so we went digging for this mythical rock and these future aliens. And they're like, so you just stayed in your room and read the whole time. He's like, no, I didn't. This actually happened. They're like, I'm really disappointed in you, Jean-Luc. We thought you would have done better than sitting in your room alone, reading a book. He's like, why won't anyone believe me? Believe me. <laughs> so final hard. thoughts. What were your overall thoughts about this episode? Loved it. Fun. Not taking itself too seriously. Beautiful woman who we know Patrick Stewart was dating in real life. It's just a good time. And that little bit of detail for me just like makes it like makes the chemistry all the more real. Yeah. I I, love it. Yeah. I love the slice of life stuff because it gives more depth to the characters. And Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of interesting that as much as Picard loves just sitting and reading a book and drinking some wine, that's kind of his thing or maybe some tea. Yep. um, We also see this other side of him where like he equally likes being Indiana Jones. Like both things are true. And I think that's kind of cool. He is very Indiana Jones. He's the professor. He's very buttoned up. And then he adventures around and punches Ferengis in their face, stealing their guns, and then kind of does a little gun toss from one yeah. hand to the other. That's a good it's time. Indie. All the way. Yep. I want to party with Picard. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we are talking season three, episode 20, Tin Man. Oh, so Therese, good. This has been a lot episode of fun. Be good. <laughs> oh my God. See, it's not one of my favorites. So I look forward to having this discourse with you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.